Hi, this is Raina G. I haven't been on for a couple days, won't be on for a couple more. But I'm trying to help people remember what our country is all about. I want you to listen to somebody. He's an old guy who's long gone, but I want you to listen. Me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love, and my devotion to the flag, our standard, oh glory, a symbol of freedom, wherever she waves, there's respect. Because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts, freedom is everybody's job. United. That means that we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have united into 48 great states. 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose all divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic, a state in which sovereign power is invested in representative chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation and justice the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. We're all. We're all. Which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country, and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance, under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too. That was Red Skelton a long time ago. And he added that since he was a small boy and he learned that, we've added two states, so we have 50. And under God was added to the pledge, which is absent from many of our schools. Uh, kids don't even know how to recite the Pledge of Allegiance anymore or that you put your hand on your heart. They don't know what allegiance is to America. But our soldiers do, our Marines do, our sailors do. 9-11 is approaching. 
and there are a lot of stories, <clears throat> a lot of stories out there of heroes, people who did things because they're Americans, and the military who do things because they are our heroes. After Flight 77 hit the Pentagon, a chaplain who happened to be assigned to the Pentagon told of an incident that made the news. Never made the news, actually. A daycare facility inside the Pentagon had many children, including infants, who were in heavy cribs. The daycare supervisor, looking at the children they needed to evacuate, was in a panic over what they could do. There were many, mostly toddlers, as well as the infants that would need to be taken out with the cribs. There was no time to try to bundle them into carriers and strollers. A young Marine came running into the center and asked what they needed. After hearing what the center director was trying to do, he ran back out into the hallway and disappeared. The director thought, well, here we are on our own. About two minutes later, the Marine returned with 40 other Marines in tow. Each of them grabbed a kid with a child, a crib with a child, and the rest started gathering up toddlers. The director and her staff then helped them take all the children out of the center and down toward the park near the Potomac. Once they got about three-quarters of a mile outside the building, the Marines stopped in the park and then did this thing. They formed a circle with the cribs, which were quite sturdy and heavy, like the covered wagons in the Old West. Inside this circle of cribs, they put the toddlers to keep them from wandering off. Outside were the 40 Marines, forming a perimeter around the children and waiting for instructions. There they remained until the parents could be notified and come get their children. The chaplain said, I don't think any of us saw nor heard of this on any of the news stories of the day. It was an incredible story of our men. It's the military, not the politicians, that ensures our right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's the military who salutes the flag, who serves beneath the flag, and whose coffins, especially last week, are draped in the flag. Ronald Reagan was one of our great presidents, and he gave many good speeches. Of course, he was an actor. He knew how to do that. He could speak well. Trump wasn't ever an actor, so he speaks well sometimes, but not always. And he gave a speech about patriotism that I want you to hear. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, 
Tarawa, Pork Chop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. We surrendered on August 31st, something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime, ever. And it's not being taken as a surrender, is it? We need to understand in America that we have Marxists who are communists running our government. They've been trying to do it since FDR knew about the Japanese attack and was friends with you-know-who over in Germany. It's been going on for a long time, uh, reinstituted by Johnson, re-resurrected by Carter, enforced a little by the Clintons, brought about again by the Bushes, and really, really, really brought to America by Obama. Now we have Biden, and Biden wants to be the hero on 9-11. <clears throat> Let me tell you a story about 9-11. It's a day we're never going to forget. On yesterday, actually, I watched a movie called Extremely Loud, Dangerously Close. I've shared it with dozens of people. It's a film with messages we all need to hear. I was at the pier on 9-12 after speeding to New York from Alabama. I had people I knew in those buildings, people who were friends and colleagues, people who were someone's child parent or sibling. I carried children to police and hospitals, comforted old men rendered speechless and in tears, and held the hands of stoic women who now knew they would have to carry on, if only for the sake of their children. I searched the posters for those I knew and loved, and the memory of those twin towers reminded me how very important we are to each other. 
Voices echoed on answering machines or cell phones, desperate calls to send last words and hear final voices. I love you rang out through flames and smoke and dust. Words spoken truly from hearts that knew they hadn't said it enough, or hugged enough, or forgiven enough. Many cried out to God as their lives and memories collapsed and disintegrated, and those left behind felt their own souls cry out from the rubble. I watched the greatest water evacuation in history as boats and barges rescued so many from the streets and ferried them to safety across the river, all of them watching the burning towers or the incredible smoke as they collapsed to the ground. I felt the fear of those around me, a fear that was meant to change America. I also th saw those much younger than I suddenly close their hearts and minds, numbing themselves and detaching from broken structures, the forever broken lives. Those youngsters are now young adults, voting, voting for communism, many using drugs or alcohol or both to remain numb, try to remain young, but always remaining victims. There was a unity among Americans then, people of all colors and races from all countries, people who called America home. We were attacked, and to attack one American was to attack us all. It should never have happened, and those of us awake enough, astute enough, know why it happened and who was responsible. Instilling fear is a power tool, and we see that fear every day in the violence and vitriol that now permeates our schools, homes, and news cycles especially. But there is an answer to fear. There are truly only two emotions, fear and love. One cannot exist with the other. To overcome the fear the media and politicians try to use to control us, we need to get back to love, search for it, as Oscar does in the film. Give the hugs, create the pictures, swing into the sky. But most of all, never let a day, a night, or a moment go by without letting those you know that you love them. Don't wait to be rescued or for the inevitable collapse. Don't stay numb or detached. Forgive those close to you. Never forget those who attacked and hurt you. Love thy neighbor, but do not condone thy enemy. As JFK said at a time when America also changed forever, ask not what your country can do for you, Ask what you can do for your country. And above all else, love without fear. Love your freedom, love America, and love God. We have a very, very hard time coming before us because of poor leadership, the plan to change America from this great country that it is to a, to a Marxist, communist country, an American form of Marxism. We have people in power who should never be in power. They're supposed to represent the people and they don't. We have a lot of things going on and we need to know, we need to understand what those things are and we need to get together and fight them. We can't surrender. We can't let our kids surrender. We can't let a pandemic with masks and vaccines make us surrender. There's no such word in the American vocabulary as surrender. Um, I really <clears throat> am quite upset about this whole thing going on, and I'm upset about what's coming with 9-11. Biden is going to make a great speech about how they ended the war in Afghanistan. The war is going to be forever now because they have everything that we have. They have all of our military vehicles and bombs and missiles and everything else 
to use against us whenever they feel like it. Or they sell them to China and Iran, and they'll try to use them. It's just tomfoolery or sickness that these people in power are thinking that the Taliban will now be our friends. Afghanistan was the place where 9-11 began. No, yeah, no, yeah, everybody says it's an inside job. Of course the CIA is involved. But it was the training from Osama bin Laden in Afghanistan that allowed and caused and empowered the people who attacked us in planes, who came from Saudi Arabia and went to the camps in Afghanistan and learned how to do these things. And Afghanistan will now be the center for every kind of terrorist group you can think of. Not just ISIS and Al-Qaeda, but Hezbollah and all those other names out there that now know they have a free place to train and learn about weapons and learn how to attack America and any other Western country that supports the values that we do. Biden can't be impeached because we don't have the Congress to do it. Article 25 can't happen because we don't have the cabinet to do it. Our Republicans let us down in Congress and our Democrats are totally bought and paid for. So on 9-11, when everybody's talking about what happened, except the kids who don't care anymore, except those who got numb and detached, I, for one, am going to pledge my allegiance to the flag again. And when the Star Spangled Banner plays, I will stand at attention, as I always do. And I hope and I pray that those around the world who believe in the values of America and the freedom that we offer join with us in any way they can as we try to regroup, reform, reunite, and take this country back. Just after 9-11, the Buffalo Bills, where I was from, I was from Buffalo, but I had moved to Atlanta, had a football game, and Whitney Houston had to sing, not had to, she wanted to sing the Star Spangled Banner. It was the most moving Star Spangled Banner I've ever heard. Before I play that rendition, I want to remind you of something I read about a week ago, maybe. Uh, it was called Ode to America, <clears throat> written by, um, oh, what was his name? Kostrusso or something like that. Anyway, uh, I read it because it's somebody from outside of America who said to me and to everybody, who are these Americans? Who are they? Who are they? Well, we're different than anybody else. And it moved me then, it moves me now, and I think people need to be reminded. Why are Americans so united? They would not resemble one another even if you painted them all one color. They speak all the languages of the world and form an astonishing mixture of civilizations and religious beliefs. On 9-11, the American tragedy turned 300 million people into one hand put on the heart. Nobody rushed to accuse anyone, the army or the secret service, that they are only a bunch of losers. Nobody rushed to empty their bank accounts. Nobody rushed out onto the streets nearby to gape. Instead, Americans volunteered to donate blood, to donate their blood, and to give a helping hand. After the first moments of panic, they raised their flag over the smoking ruins, putting on t-shirts, caps, and ties in the colors of the flag, the red, white, and blue. 
They place flags on buildings and cars as if in every place and on every car, a government official or the president was passing. On every occasion, they started singing, God bless America. I watched the live broadcast, he said, and rerun after rerun for hours, listening to the story of the guy who went down 100 floors with a woman in a wheelchair without knowing who she was, or of the Californian hockey player who gave his life fighting against a terrorist preventing the plane from hitting a target that could have killed either hundreds or thousands of people. How on earth were they able to respond united as one human being? Imperceptibly, with every word a musical note, the memory of some turned into a modern myth of tragic heroes. And with every phone call, millions and millions of dollars were put into collections aimed at rewarding not a man or a family, but a spirit which no money can buy. What on earth unites the Americans in such a way? Their land, their history, their economic power, money. I tried for hours, he said, to find an answer, humming songs and murmuring phrases with the risk of sounding commonplace. I thought things over. I reached only one conclusion. Only freedom can work such miracles. Cornell Nesterescu. And now to honor America, especially the brave men and women serving our nation in the Persian Gulf and throughout the world, please join in the singing of our national anthem. The anthem will be followed by a flyover of F-16 jets from the 56th Tactical Training Wing at MacDill Air Force Base and will be performed by the Florida Orchestra under the direction of Maestro Yaha Ling and sung by Grammy Award winner Whitney Houston.
and that I will stand for always. So on this week actually coming up of the anniversary of 9-11, I offer 25 minutes worth of tribute to all who have given their all. And I pray to God, the God that this nation was formed under, the creator, the great creator with divine guidance. I pray that we somehow rid the evil that is in our country now so that we can rid the evil in all the countries across the world. It's our job. It's our duty. It's part of our makeup. God bless United States of America.